Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to another episode of Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer, Frank Curry, and Kyle Powell. And we come at you this week on Monday and Wednesday. That's right. We're not doing the Thursday thing because Thursday, I think we're, we're, we here are going to be a little busy with, uh, you know, radio stuff and this certain thing called the NFL Draft. Woo! You're hyped. Woo! You're hyped for Woo! it. Woo! Yeah, sounds like he's hyped. Woo! I'm happy. It is one of your favorite times of the year. Yes. I'm smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it comes with the interesting tidbit of news now. As it's being reported that the Arizona Cardinals are going to stick with Josh Rosen. Duh. And not draft Kyler Murray first overall. Also, duh. So the Cardinals did the smart thing. Now what? Becomes the question. Do the Raiders take Kyler Murray? Do the Giants go, I've no... Does Dave Gettleman go, I've never traded up in my life, but I like this Kyler Murray guy. I'm going to finally trade up for the first time in my life. I'll give the 49ers Saquon Barkley or something. Oh, wait, no, I like running backs. <laughs> they could have the other first round pick. <laughs> and Eli. Eli is good. <laughs> it's a spot-on impression right there. I'm going to take a linebacker number two overall. Because I like Daniel Jones. He reminds me of Peyton Manning because he was coached by the guy who coached Peyton Manning. Okay. That OBJ guy was a bum. I needed to trade him. I like Jabril Peppers a box safety, even though I let a box safety and Landon Collins go in free agency. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I can make fun of Gettleman all day, but I don't know if I could do that voice all day. It actually made me feel like I should have prune juice or something like cream of wheat or okay i'm trying to name old people food <laughs> <laughs> yes yes kyle old people food i suppose or things that our colleague Lars lewis eats so the uh I'm getting distracted by the stupidity that I was just muttering here. Uh, All right. So that means that what the hell do the Cardinals do with this first pick? That means that they could go Nick Bosa or Quinn and Williams or, you know, something like that, or even Josh Allen. And for me as a Bills fan, well, this kind of puts a little wrench into my uh, plans a little bit 
if I wanted to hope that one of those big three fall for some stupid reason. But now this makes pick four and pick six more interesting. I had a hard time thinking that any one of those three would have fallen, even if the Cardinals would have taken. I'm Kyler talking Murray. about falling to like five. Because Brandon Bean is the guy that says we like this dude. I'm trading up for him. He has done trade-ups in every draft he has been a part of. Hell, the one where Sean McDermott ran it with Doug Whaley's scouting staff, they traded up for players like Deion Dawkins. And Zay Jones. And Zay Jones. Yeah. So this regime is not scared of making a move. If Quinnen Williams or Josh Allen were to fall to pick five, the Bills could easily be seen as that guy to be like, hey, Bucks, Want to trade again? You want to do a deal again like last year and go only four picks down? Yes, I know. I'm asking for a little bit more from you. You only had to trade down two spots the previous year. But still. No, it was three spots last year. Three spots. So it would be three spots to four spots. So you know what that still wouldn't do? Make you have to give up a higher pick, like a really high pick. Because it didn't happen last you know, year. Yeah, if but Quint, if Quinn Williams does fall a little but bit, but now like here's that, the other interesting wrinkle to this, though. Hmm. If Kyler Murray's still on the board by pick four with Oakland, and Oakland doesn't take Kyler Murray. The Broncos, the Dolphins, the Bengals, all could be looking at jumping up. The Redskins, like quarterback needy teams, are looking at pick five and saying, yo, Gettleman's taking a quarterback. We need to make sure that we get Kyler Murray before he does. Because if Gettleman really is that set in his ways, I hope someone snipes Kyler Murray from him. (laughs) If he really is that guy that never trades up ever, well, guess what, dude? You might as well uh, just walk out the door now because you're about to get fleeced. Hell, the Jaguars at pick seven could do it. Yeah, they've got Nick Foles, but Uh, dude, uh, think about it, though. You get a young quarterback to groom right under Nick Foles that doesn't have to play right away? And you'd only have to vault the Giants one pick ahead of you? See, here's the thing. It makes too much sense for the Jags to do it. First off, Doug Marone's the one I make fun of, not David Caldwell. I know, but still. And Tom Coughlin, no less. It it still Wouldn't you think Tom Coughlin wouldn't like to uh, mess around with his old team? It still makes too much sense for – yeah, I mean, yeah, but it still makes too much sense for the Jags to do it. That's – I'm trying to talk sensible here. You're saying it makes too much sense. That's the point. If the Jags did it, it'd be very smart. I know. But I don't think they're going to do that. The Jaguars were also one fourth quarter collapse away from making the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yeah. and So they actually have talent on the team. Yeah. That comes from good drafting. Therefore, Caldwell. And I and think Coughlin. what and I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna try to add to the team because they still think they can compete, which I mean they they probably could. I'm just saying, they they also might think we were bad because of Blake Bortles. We are now in a position to take our new quarterback of the future. Let's do it. Because for a lot of the season. They were bad because of Blake Bortles. Oh, yeah. And Cody Kessler. Yeah. 
because Bortles was so bad, he got benched for Kessler. It makes things very, very, very interesting now. I'm interested to see what happens here now with Kyler Murray becoming such an X factor. The Jets might want to recoup picks and say, hey, pick three. If you want to make sure that Oakland doesn't do it, that Oakland doesn't take Kyler Murray, Denver, name me your cost. I'll drop to 10 and gain some more picks. John Elway's a dodo bird at this point. Yeah. Which is sad to see because, you know, a lot of people like John Elway. But he's kind of proving to be an incompetent general manager. Congrats, you signed Peyton Manning. You managed to give a sales pitch. That's how you won a Super Bowl. That's how you went to the other one. Because your quarterbacks before and after that in your tenor, Mr. Elway, have been, my God, Tim Tebow is actually the best. Tim Tebow is actually the second best Broncos quarterback since Elway was hired, wasn't he? Is that a yes? Since Elway was hired? Yes. I think so, yeah. My God, Elway. That is a travesty and a half. (laughs) Better than Lynch. Easily. Better than Semyon. Yep. Yeah. He's presumably going to be better than Flacco, even though he's air-quoted getting ready for his prime. And Keenum lasted a whole year. Keenum lasted a whole year. Yeah. Pretty sure it's safe to say you're looking at the number number two-ranked quarterback under Elway's regime. Tim Tebow, the second-best quarterback under John Elway's regime, who got replaced by Peyton Manning. Wow, Elway. I was making fun of him before, but wow. Yeah. (laughs) So good, too, that he pulled a Michael Jordan and changed sports. All right, let's, let's... You stop right here. This is not Tim Tebow praising hour. This is making fun of John Elway hour, along with... Same trajectory in my eyes. Making fun of Dave Gettleman hour, and I don't know what else. We're working on that. But, again, this makes it for a lot of drama. Pick three is very much a tradable pick. Pick two is a very tradable pick. I'm just glad to see that the Cardinals aren't complete idiots. Because let's be real, if they were to draft a quarterback two years in a row in the first round, you've wasted a pick. Yeah. You've wasted a first-round pick. Yeah. Of course, this could this report could be smokescreen, and they can draft him, and then I'll laugh again. I'm not saying Carlin Murray's bad. I'm saying it's a mistake to give up on Josh Rosen 13 games into his NFL career. Yeah, that and especially if, if they trade him, they're not gonna get anywhere near the value. Like I think the reports are that if they do trade him, it's a third round pick coming back. Which is garbage because you yeah. traded up to ten to get him. Yeah. That's hilariously stupid. So again, we'll see what happens. I'm not believing any story as like concrete anymore. I said that, you know, duh and also duh, because those are my personal beliefs that they should keep Josh Rosen 
they shouldn't draft Kyler Murray and they should build around Josh Rosen and get the poor man an offensive line that will keep him upright. Because unlike Josh Allen, Josh Rosen does not have escapability or jump over linebackers ability. Yeah. And all this, so what does this mean for the Bills? Really? Not much. Not much in terms of drafting at pick nine. What it could mean is if Kyler Murray doesn't get selected until pick six by the Giants, some of these other quarterbacks could be in play at pick nine to vault Denver at pick 10. So trade down ability is something that could be more intriguing and more realistic if Murray does not go first overall. It would make a lot of sense. I think, though, that I'm hoping that these quarterbacks get overvalued a little bit early on and just somebody goes crazy on this. Oh, someone's gonna. It's just a matter of who that is. Yeah. Pretty much, but ugh, it's tough. It's tough to see this sort of thing. And again, though, if Murray's the only one gone in the top 10 or in, in the top eight, I should say, people are looking at Buffalo and Denver and Brandon Bean is fielding some calls. There was and a re- he's got an evil grin on his face. There was a report <laughs> coming out that one team had Daniel Jones as their top-rated quarterback, and it was followed up by the sentence of, you know who it is. We all know who it is. So, Frank, do you know who it is? Would you have a guess as to who it is? My guess is the team is very dumb. Yes, first off. Second, if you don't know what he's insinuating... Let's just say I was making fun of him earlier. I would imagine that would have been my first guess in the Giants. Yes. <laughs> so I don't know how true that report is, but if they actually think Daniel Jones is the best quarterback in this draft class, well, wow, Kettleman, you're going to continue to stupefy, aren't you? So we'll find out. But that also means that the Giants wouldn't go quarterback at pick six. If Kyler Murray starts falling, there's going to be a lot of like crazy talk going on. I think if he goes past six, we're all kind of openly questioning what the heck's going on. And we're now asking ourselves, okay, who's trading up? Who's jumping in front of Denver? Even though Joe Flacco is entering his prime. Man, for having such a good defense, Elway cannot figure out the quarterback thing despite being a former quarterback. Because, again, all he did was sign Peyton Manning in free agency. You sold the guy. Yeah. It's weird. It really is. I mean, it's not that weird when you think about it. Right? Wayne Gretzky turned out to be a terrible coach. 
he was only the greatest hockey player that's ever lived. Yeah, but always not the greatest quarterback. He's the greatest Broncos quarterback. Yeah, but that's until different. he signed Peyton Manning. Yeah, hey, but that's different. But he was still the greatest of something. Sure. Being great at something does not mean it translates to something else within the same sport. Not all the time. There are cases where it does work. Like in hockey, Steve Eiserman is a great general manager. Now he's back in Detroit yes. as a GM. Mario, Mario Lemieux. I mean, he's pres- he owns the Penguins now. Yeah. Do something right to do that. But, yeah, Gretzky was not a good head coach. Yes, I would agree. So, it really just does make you wonder what's going on. As we continue to make fun of John Elway. I'm just very intrigued now with what the possibilities can be with trading down, with looking into any sort of scenarios to move out of the pick, move up if a player is falling. I think what this is just telling me is don't be surprised because anything can happen. Yeah. You can see a scenario where the Bills can can trade up. You can see a scenario where they they stay where they are and they get a really good player, like a, a player who shouldn't have dropped to nine but did. You can see a scenario where the Bills trade down for a team that needs a quarterback. You can see the, a scenario for the Bills who just let things go and guys like who you said, uh, Quinn Williams, Josh Allen, obviously Nick Bosa too. They just go where they go, and then the Bills just make their pick at nine. I mean, it, it just sounds like anything can really happen. Yeah, and again. And the Bills are in a good spot where they're either going to get really good value for that pick in a trade, or they're going to get a really good player. I kind of want Kyler Murray to go number four just to see if someone interesting falls to number five and see if the Bills would swing at it. Because if, if Murray doesn't go first overall, if Murray doesn't go first overall, we're looking at a very different looking draft landscape now. You're seeing the likes of Nick Bosa, Josh Allen, Quinn and Williams all pretty much guaranteed to go within those first three picks then. You have to think that if it's not Kyler Murray, that that's what the top three is going to look like. And if Kyler Murray goes four, well, that still leaves some interesting players. But just not a guarantee that something could fall off the tree. Because the Raiders could be that wild card to be like, hey, we need offensive line help. We're going to take Juwan Taylor there at pick four. I have a. Or if have the Cardinals a, trade I have out. a feeling that a team is going to trade up into the top five for Murray. And if the Bills wanted to get a premium player and trade into the fifth overall pick, well, if Murray's still there, there's a lot of competition and the Bills probably have to back out. If I, if I had to take a guess. 
I I can think of one team who will trade up into the top five to take Kyler Murray. Can you guess what who that team is? Oakland. Well, they're already in the top five. I'm dumb. They're yeah. Uh, in fact, I could see them potentially trading with Oakland, but more likely Tampa. Denver. No. Bengals. No. This is a team who is probably in a desperate need for their future QB and Washington or Miami? Washington. Right, because they were linked to Josh Rosen. Yeah. Hey, they just traded for Case Keenum. They don't need to trade for other quarterbacks. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is – I could totally see Washington trading to, like, five to take Kyler Murray and trading a first-round pick next year to do it. All right, you know what we're going to do? I was planning on doing this Wednesday, but I feel like it's cliche to do it Wednesday. Also, because even from Wednesday to Thursday, it's going to be irrelevant. Gentlemen, I have a mock draft simulator up. Okay. You know what we're going to do? Let's do it. We're going to do we're going to do these picks. Okay. All right. So, starting off with the Arizona Cardinals, do we end up making them take Kyler Murray? I have a, I'm really starting to have a hard time thinking they're actually going to do it. Yeah. I'm I'm in the same camp because of my personal belief that they shouldn't. So I think that I'll have them selecting Nick, Nick Bosa. Bosa. Nick Bosa? Yeah. I was debating Quinn and Williams there. It's got to be Nick Bosa. All right, then. So second overall, the San Francisco 49ers, who are probably very eager to deal out this pick, but we are not doing trades here. No. I'd probably say they go – I might think they go Josh Allen. Get some I'm rush. thinking that, too. All right, then. We go Josh Allen. The Jets. Oh, they have Quinn and Williams fall right to them. But do they... I feel like it's a slam dunk. Yeah. It would be a slam dunk, but would you put it past them to get offensive line help for Darnold? I mean, no, but the best player in the draft falls to you at three. You take him. I mean, we've seen potential best players in the draft fall past three before. Kyle, we're having a we're having an argument. Yeah, Quentin Williams or Jawan Taylor for the Jets. Quentin Williams. All right, all right then. We we do my thing. Take that. So that means that at pick four, Kyler Murray's available. And do we make the Raiders? With their tank job, get a new quarterback? They very well could because there was already – Oops, I just broke the pen. (laughs) Nice. This is John Gruden we're talking about. Yes, and you don't know what's going to happen or what should be the smart thing. They've been praising Derek Carr this whole time, but they also had Kyler Murray in for an official visit. 
Right, but there was also reports saying there was a rift that we already kind of very well knew about between the relationship of Gruden and Derek Carr. They say that there's going to be a potential move on from Derek Carr. They said potentially well, that's not what I'm at saying. the they draft. Had, they had Murray in for a visit. Right, that's what I'm saying. Even though he, they praised Derek Carr, they still feel like at the not the earliest convenience, but they're thinking of well, moving on from him anyway. Kyler Murray falling to pick four might be the and earliest that might be the earliest convenience. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It wouldn't be a draft day move for Derek Carr. I don't think you immediately ship him out, but that could prove to be a sign that we have an opportunity in front of us. Yeah. We're going to we're going to go this route. I'm picking up what you're putting down. Yeah. I get behind that. Let's Kyler Murray. Let's do it. All right then. We smelling what he's stepping in. All right, so pick 5 where now my hopes and dreams have been dashed about the Bills trading up for anyone because you know, one, two, and three have all gone as such. Nothing crazy has happened. Pick five, Tampa. I would say someone like Devin, Devin White. White. Yeah. So Devin White there. The Giants. Dewan Taylor. Are you kidding me? You think they're going to draft offense in this juncture? There's an edge rusher like Rashawn Gary. Available right there. And you know, but you also know that Gettleman. Don't think smart. Think Gettleman. Yeah. Eli. Still good. In his eyes. Right. Just get him offensive line help. Right. That could be the call. All right. You've sold me. That Gettleman actually does the smart thing on accident. (laughs) <laughs> the smart thing that's also dumb. It's the smart thing on accident. It's the smart thing that's still kind of well, dumb. I think Jacksonville was wanting Jawan Taylor. They're upset, but they go ahead and say, okay, Rashawn Gary is not a bad fallback option, right, boys? Yeah. And this... now that leaves Detroit. Ed Oliver, DK Metcalf, Montez Sweat, Ooh. the best players available, DK along with TJ Mac- Hawkinson. I could totally see DK Metcalf. To the Lions? Yeah. Oh, they did trade Golden Tate. DK Metcalf to Detroit. Kyle? Like, what do you hmm. think? I'm sold. I like that. Yeah. That's interesting because I didn't I forgot to I forgot about that for a little while. That they traded away Golden Tate. And they didn't really get anyone back into the fold that can replace that production. No. DK Metcalf could be that guy. So then that leaves the Bills at pick nine. There's Ed Oliver. What's up? Ed There's Oliver. TJ Hawkinson. What's yeah. up? Yeah. And if you were killing for an edge rusher, Montez Sweat and his uh, apparent heart problem are there. I think if that's the case, you go Ed Oliver. I still think that I would like TJ Hawkinson here, even though Ed Oliver's there, but I don't know if I can deny Ed Oliver at this point. Go with EO. The biggest thing with the Bills and the tight end position going into this draft, they have it. They do have an opportunity to get potentially the best tight end out of this deep class. And that could prove to be huge. But at the same time, you've got picks in the second and third rounds that you can get a guy and get value out of that. I know. It's just that. That's the tough decision. Do you go... And get it's more of I like this dude after watching him. Yeah. I really like him. 
and he is a legitimate top 10 pick yeah. kind of talent, more so than the Bills have a need for some offensive weapons. Why don't we go ahead and get one? Because they've signed 14 offensive free agents Yeah. to four defensive. I just have this sinking feeling that they're not done yet. No, I don't think so, too. And I think that pick nine still very much makes that available. DK Metcalf going does not help. No. In this. No, but... But it, say like, Detroit goes Ed Oliver instead of DK Metcalf. Yeah, that, that's what I was We're just having a ask. different conversation. Yeah. Do we go Metcalf over Hawkinson? Do I we would, still see, look at an I, edge rusher? Uh, yeah. Is Jonah Williams available as... A pick at nine. I think the man is being sorely forgotten in this conversation nowadays. Yeah. Because I think Jonah Williams is still worth a top ten pick. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna end up coming down to what do the Bills think of the other players in that position. If they go, if they go at Oliver at nine, if he's there, then that means they value the tight end position that they think they could get a really good player. I don't even think there has to be too much thinking of that. If Ed Oliver is the one that's there at pick nine, that's simply best player available. And we've seen that the Bills tend to do that. Or if if he's not there and, like, T.K. Metcalf's there, if they take Hawkinson, that means that they think they could get a a receiver later. Or if they go Metcalf now, they think they could get a a good tight end later. They might just think one is better than the other. Yeah, and right now for and me, they're going to go I've for the better huge... of, the, of the guy, and then get the other position later. And I've been a huge DK Metcalf fan. However, I'm not. I have him now under TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, I'm not as sold on Metcalf. I'm sold on him. I just think that Hawkinson's better for I what he's prefer... going to bring to the position. I agree with that, though. Yes, I think as a pick, Hawkinson's going to be better. I think, if, yeah, but I, think I also if... think DK Metcalf is going to be good. Who cares if he's too swole? You just like him for his body. (laughs) I mean... And you guys share a name. DK. DK. I mean, you're not inherently wrong on that because you're scouting a player who indeed does have a body. And you're showing me a picture of Donkey Kong. Another DK. (laughs) The similarities are just... They're just everywhere. <laughs> Forgetting about the fact why Donkey Kong is the background on your phone. It's been like that for four years, and it is never going to change. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. I never saw you as a DK guy. He was my go-to. Super Smash Brothers Melee. Uh, of course. That's Load up that great. donkey punch. <laughs> H- huge fan of the donkey punch. <laughs> Not just Big advocate. Oh my god. Wait, you said Donkey Punch. Am I missing something? Donkey Punch. No, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Is it an urban dictionary thing? Probably. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Okay, Mm. we're moving on. Gotcha. We are moving on. We're moving on. Denver. Yeah, you're going to have to make a... Denver, right. pick, so let's say, Denver right, so, pick 10. I am not editing this. <laughs> I didn't insinuate anything. <laughs> all right. I just laughed like an idiot. That's all. That's all that happened here. <laughs> Denver, Frank, go. 
I think they go Hawkinson. Really? Drew Locke? Nothing? Drew Locke over Dwayne Haskins, maybe? Or Dwayne Haskins over Drew Locke? Instead, you just say, nah, Joe Flacco's in his prime tight end? Yeah, they're exactly. Dude, he's got a love affair with Drew Locke. Smitten. He wants Drew Locke for his body and his arm. I have a hard time thinking Denver's going to. Remember, remember what Derek said earlier. It's not you can't think smart. You're dealing with Elway again. Yes. Yeah. No, it would be smart for Elway to take a quarterback. No, it wouldn't because Drew Locke is not good. Not after you praise Joe Flacco for. But if Haskins is there, I would rather take Haskins. But here's what I know: they had been scouting the heck out of Drew Locke. They like Drew Locke. I have to come to terms with the fact that Drew Locke is going to be a top ten pick in this NFL draft. And I'm probably forfeiting 20 bucks to Geary if four quarterbacks go within the top half of this first freaking round. Would you say that it's a lock? Ah. Now that you're at it Don't make me donkey. <laughs> <laughs> but if they're... All right. Who... If Frank makes us take Hawkinson here... Here's the thing. The whole oh. draft gets put on a spin. Which... Typically, those things do happen. You're now, wrong. Now, who was it that said Flacco was in his prime? Or is just getting getting in his prime? Dude, that's just that? justifying to the media why you traded for Joe Flacco. Yeah, and you, do, do you not think that they're also going to dumbingly justify it even more by taking a weapon for him? No. And also with the, his, the position that he loves to throw it to more? The tight end? Still no. You see, the problem is, Frank, you're making sense. It would No, I think it's smarter for Denver to take a quarterback, especially if it's... Why would you think it's smarter to take a quarterback in a weak quarterback class? It's how you end up with Paxton Lynch. Do you not think that they're, all, they're, they're liking Drew Locke because they don't think Haskins is going to be there? I think they're liking Drew Locke because Elway is a uh, – he likes having a certain type of quarterback. And Haskins is actually not nearly as mobile. And no, something tells me that they're going to they're gonna get help for Flacco first. All right, Kyle, help me out here. I think he takes Drew Locke because he's a dummy. I felt that way for a while. I just those comments are hard to turn your back on and go against. I dude, they're comments to the media. They have how many times do general managers and or coaches lie to us ever? Answers a lot. I don't know. I just feel like they have an agenda. It's the Joe Flacco agenda. No, I think it's the Drew Lock. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you. Yeah, no, I, I, I believe in those comments. Like, it's not just the comments. They've shown their hand many times. And there's no amount of smoke screening you can do to go ahead and convince me, oh, that's not what they want all along. Because it's a weird guy to throw a smoke screen out on anyway. Well, not to mention that's a eyes. lot of effort to put a right. smoke screen out on. I think it's Drew Locke. Kyle agrees. We're taking Drew Locke. All right. That's fine. After we took way too long, yeah. between 9 and 10, if 
from Donkey Kong to TJ so Hawkinson and so then Drew if Locke. it's Drew Locke, then since he had eleven, are they taking Haskins? No, I don't think they take a quarterback yet. I think Andy Dalton is still not obstinately terrible. Then would you go Hawkinson? They could go TJ Hawkinson because they have a very always injured Tyler Eifert still. They just lost Tyler Croft. Thanks, Bills. They have that other guy, uh, CJ Uzuma. Yeah, that's right. But Hawkinson's there. Fount is there if they like that flavor instead. Brian Burns is there as an edge rusher. Even Devin Bush, a linebacker, which, I mean, since he could use a linebacking help, especially since they lost Hitman, I mean linebacker Vontez Perfect in free agency. Could be a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> Less penalties, and you can take Devin Bush. I would say probably Hawkinson or Bush here. I think it's Bush. Sure, because I'm right. thinking pick 12 might be, be another push. Be I think pick 12 could be another push for a QB. All right. The first well, year head coach. now we got Green Bay. Andre Dillard's there to help out protecting Aaron Rodgers. There's two tight ends in Hawkinson and Fant. Yeah. I think Hawkinson's fall stops. I think Hawkinson's stops. No, a no-brainer Yeah, in that case. Hawkinson's fall stops and Rodgers gets a new buddy to throw to. Yeah. That leaves Miami with Dwayne Haskins falling to them at 13. Neat things are neat, aren't they? Also, this means I'm going to lose 20 bucks. I like that idea. Thanks. <laughs> Frank likes me having to pay. I don't theory. like the idea of Miami taking a, their QB of the future, even if it's, you know, doesn't matter who it is. Right. But I like the idea of Derek losing 20 bucks. <laughs> All right, Haskins, it is. <laughs> All right. So the Falcons, I think that they should go with Montez Sweat or Brian Burns here. The question is, how serious is this heart condition with Montez Sweat? And how far is he going to fall? I don't and – and how... It's an enlarged heart. Yeah. And reports are that his draft stock is going to fall. He was supposed to and be how much there for the NFL. Gonna, how much is that going to fall? He was supposed to be at the NFL draft in Nashville. He is now choosing to stay with his family, so I'm guessing someone advised him that he might take a tumble. So I think, I think Brian Burns, I think if you're going to go edge rusher, is going to be the pick. I think Sweat is going to end up falling in this draft, and some team is going to go ahead and get a top 15 talent somewhere later in the first round. That leads us to Washington. Do they take Daniel Jones and just laugh in the face of the Giants? For never trading up ever? I would personally say no, because I think Daniel Jones is just a better version of Nathan Peterman. But hey, he was coached by David Cutcliffe. So he's a first-round quarterback, right? (laughs) If Washington's not trading up for a QB and they have I think Jonah Williams would be the pick if he's there yeah I would agree with that oh well actually I would go probably Williams or Andre Dillard which one I don't know both are nice 
They can't have both, though. No. What do you think, Kyle? I'll go three for three. Jonah Williams. All right. Go with the move. And then that leads us to Carolina. Carolina, I think they get one of the ones that wasn't just taken. They go with Dillard or Williams, I would say. Yeah. And therefore, Dillard. Andre Dillard goes there. And that leads us to me handing Nate Geary a $20 bill because Daniel Jones is sitting there at pick 17 and Dave Gettleman's like, he was coached by the guy who coached Peyton Manning and I've got Eli Manning and the Manning connection can continue forever and I would like all of that. Okay. I don't remember the voice I did for him. So you were you're right there. I feel like I was going more Bill Belichick-y in there. It was like darker and muttery. Just hey now. Man, you can't win them all. It's okay. It was you can't effort. win them all. I can't impersonate every idiot in the universe. I can only impersonate me, the true idiot of the universe. <laughs> Who then has to give Nate Geary $20 because four quarterbacks going 17 picks bleep me. This is the worst draft ever. Like, this is where I would have wished the Bills would have an extra first-round pick to go ahead and just snipe someone like Montez Sweat or Noah Font falling down the draft board. Speaking of which, Noah Font is falling right there to 18 to, Indi- to Minnesota, and I'm like, uh, yeah, I think that's a great idea. We get behind that. Get a replacement for Kyle Rudolph? He's up there in age? Yeah. Doing it. Tennessee. <laughs> I think Tennessee would be a good spot where Montez Sweat's fall kind of ends, but I'm also being optimistic for him. But they also could use help on the offensive line, wide receiver. They could just buy votes for him. Ha. 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 I think I'm going to make them take Montez Sweat here. I think his fall won't be so bad. He'll go enjoy his draft with the family. They can celebrate that he's still a first-round pick. We get behind that. Sure. All right, then. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh needs things. Yeah. Like a wide receiver. So why not draft the cousin of the guy that you just dealt because he was being a cancer on your team? (laughs) Oh, my God. I could totally see Pittsburgh doing that. Really, I was being facetious. By the way, that player we're referencing, Marquise Brown. I know. People like, don't. That would be. People don't know that connection. Not everyone that would knows be, that. That would be hilarious. It would be hilarious. But I was also kind of joking. But he's also probably the best receiver available. I guess they go Christian Wilkins. They could. I wouldn't say no. I might just be here for the walls, though. We just got rid of that one Antonio Brown guy. Let's get the kid that's related to him. Yeah. Well, Kyle. they... We might have a disagreement on our hands. All right, I'm ready because we got a lot of the first round to still go. Yes. Hit, hit it with me, and then we got to go like a speed round here. Or yeah, we do. It's been a bit. Um, it's Christian Wilkins, Marquise Brown, or we can go with a different receiver like an A.J. Brown or an Keel Harry. 
for Pittsburgh? Yes. Marquise Brown. All right. There it is. This is my gut. We're going, we're going with the lulls. Seattle is up, and I think that they would do a pretty good job with getting someone like Byron Murphy, corner, Washington, stay in state. Last time they did that, they did a pretty good job. Sure. Drafting a corner in the first round out of the University of Washington. Sure. That was Marcus Trufant. Yeah. And he only became a stalwart corner for them for years and years and years. All right, then. Baltimore, receiver. A little mad that Marquise Brown went to a division rival. And Keel Harry's there. Akeem Butler's there. They could also use a little bit of help on the offensive line. Cody Ford is there. Garrett Bradbury is there. I think they go a weapon for Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I'd go and kill Harry. Yeah. Sure. All right, then. We're moving really. We're moving a bit faster here. The Texans need offensive line help in the worst way. Cody Ford. Cody Ford. There we go. Look at that. We've just done four picks just like that. Oakland's up again. Who the hell did I have him take? Oh, that's right, Kyler Murray. So, Oakland has some holes still. Could you imagine trading Khalil Mack and then taking an edge rusher in the first round late in the first round? Like Cleland Farrell? Because, yeah, that's, uh, that's a replacement for uh, for Mack for you, bud. Sure. Well, I was kind of making fun of them, but all right. I think they might go corner. They might need that more, honestly. Either go that or Josh Jacobs. So a report from Peter King that Oakland, really? Philly, and Indy back? are all pretty – Ew. They're all trying to gain traction for Josh Jacobs. All right. I mean, that is a pretty stupid thing to do, and they have that, another pick in three picks. Honestly, that and does the running make back sense. Threat, and the running back threat before Philadelphia, probably a good idea to take him now. Because yeah. if not, instead he's of going hope, there. Yeah, instead of hoping he's there at 27, because he won't be. Yeah, I, could, I can get behind that. So now Philly's like, what the hell? We had another running back taken in front of us again. But – they could probably use some help on the offensive line, right? What do you got? Yeah. Yeah, next to running back, that's probably their next biggest need. I got mm-hmm. Garrett Bradbury here. Plays on the interior. That wouldn't be bad. Do they need a D-tackle? Because Christian Wilkins is falling. That's a good question. I don't think so. I mean – Best player available is best player available. Yeah. Yeah, if it's interior, they'll probably go that. Should Oakland go Jacobs right now? Yeah, I think in this case, Philly would go best player available. If Oakland so opts to go we'll elsewhere go in real life, then you'll probably see yeah. Jacobs fall to Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Undoubtedly, because I don't think they'd let him get past them there in the 25th pick and fear that he drops to Indy. All right, well, congratulations. You got Christian Wilkins. He's pretty good. Now, Indy, hanging out. They're probably mad that Christian Wilkins just went because they probably would have liked to have that. But Akeem Butler's sitting there like, hey, I'm a wide receiver. I'm good. Get Andrew Luck to throw passes to me. And they go, yeah, okay. Take some stress off T.Y. Hilton in the worst way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oakland's back up. What do we do for the Raiders? I'm thinking let's go real stupid. Let's go Greedy Williams. It seems like a Raiders thing. Get a physical specimen kind of player. That's a Raiders thing. Yeah. Come out of here with Murray, Jacobs, and 
Yeah, Greedy Williams, go for it. Yeah, there we go. Oakland is done. The L.A. Chargers. I almost called them Oakland, by the way. So I just admitted my mistake that I avoided. Good job. But I avoided it, but then I admitted it. So I'm just all sorts of a mess right now. So the Chargers are up. Could this be a run on receivers late in this first round? Because A.J. Brown is still hanging out. And then, like, what else do the Chargers really need, though? They could use possibly, like, line help. Bradbury's there. Or a corner. I'd go Bradbury for them. Yeah. Let's do that. Give them the offensive line help that they need. Kansas City. I know they signed the Honey Badger, but... Do you think maybe a safety is a good idea for them? Safety or somebody on the D-line. Cleveland Farrell, probably best defensive lineman left. They did just trade a pass rusher. I think Farrell. Yeah, we'll They're probably going to focus on the defense. All right, Green Bay's up again. I think a safety would be a good idea here. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out of Florida. Yep. Let's do that. Rams are up. What do the Rams need? Other than cap relief and a better backup quarterback because they have Blake Bortles. Uh, what kind of running backs are available? Um, Gurley's uh, bad ones. Arthritis, bad ones. This is not a good running back class. Do you like, think they have to take one out of just necessity as a as a if they fresh, take a running young, if two running backs go in the first round in this draft class, I don't even think Josh Jacobs should go in the first round. This might be like one of those classes where Carlos Hyde ended up the first running back taken in the second round. Like that's what I think might happen here with Josh Jacobs. Uh, this is not a good class. It's a very it's a very deep class, but maybe, it's nothing you should be taking in the first round. So maybe they trade out. They maybe trade out, but that's round. not an option here. Oh, well, we make them take a pick. Me. We make them take a pick here. All right, then I don't see that regime. Reaching for a um, running back. No. If it's I don't not know. that deep. I could see a little bit of help with uh, with the secondary. I was thinking that too. DeAndre Baker out of Georgia, corner. Sure. Marcus Peters is a year-to-year, you don't know what you're getting out of him kind of thing. Sure. And then that brings us to New England. We're going to take a player, and he's going to be playing for us. And that's all for questions. Thanks for coming. Can we coming. just stop right, right now? Yes. Okay. We don't care about what the Patriots take. We just allow the hoodie to take whatever he wants and then laugh in the background as he zaps Luke Skywalker. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of Emperor Palpatine. Crap, that's on me. That's my bad. I couldn't tell the difference. <laughs> Um, I'll just finish this by giving them Jeremy Tillery out of Notre Dame. Nate will be happy. There you go, Gary. All right. happy that a Notre Dame player. There we go. We did a mock draft that is not going to matter in four days. No. And he gets 20 bucks. I should have saved it. Figure out what we would have gotten right. You just literally closed it out right now. 
Honestly, don't worry about it because based off some of our playoff prediction picks, we're gonna be very off. Yeah. Yes, we might have. We might have cursed the Ed Oliver to Buffalo thing. Because my God, the world has been turned on its side since the start of these first round matchups. Yes, because we lost both one seeds. They won a collective one game. Wow. Wow. They won a collective mm. one game. Because when we lost, when we last talked, we had Brian Duff on, and the Flames were on the ropes, and now the Flames are dead. And now the Flames have been est- extinguished. By the way, congratulations, Frank! You have the only team alive in your playoff prediction for the Stanley Cup Final. Vegas, who are now in a game seven. Great. Your West was Winnipeg. My West was Winnipeg, and they lost a hard-fought series. And then Paul Maurice gave away game six by blowing his timeout 27 seconds in. Yeah. Nice job, glasses that you sometimes wear. Jesus. that You could not have gotten off to a worse start. You're down already 27 seconds in because Dustin Bufflin rams, just backs right up into the goalie. There are people blaming Halbuck for that one, and it's just like, what are you thinking? You try to make a save while the butt of Dustin Bufflin collides into you. That's a huge body. That's a big dude. And he's on your team. Jaden Schwartz finds it from under, tucks it in. Blues go on to win the series. I burn my bracket. And everything is great. But we also have a Game 7 for Toronto and Boston, which... Toronto's got to be shaking in the Surprising. Boots. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Because they don't tend to. The house of Game 7 horrors for that franchise in recent memory. Yeah. And against Boston. Yep. It's a yearly tradition. Can they actually break through? It's the yearly question being asked. <laughs> Man. And then there's. Nashville, Dallas. I personally forget about that series almost daily. Yes, because they play such a boring style. But this idiot over here actually predicted that Dallas would win. You're looking pretty good going into game six. Yeah, but it is also Dallas. They're, you know, they're a wild card team for a reason. Not like they really lit the world on fire. All they're doing is just throwing every body that they can on an opposing player and it's somehow working-ish. But I feel like Nashville will at least get a Game 7 out of this. Sorry, Nashville. I probably cursed you. So we've got three series left. And we can kind of... No, four series. Excuse me, because we have Carolina and Washington. Oh, by the way. Wow. Did one team kind of say, all right, that's enough. (laughs) Right. You go to your room now <laughs> as the kids in Carolina are running around with their storm surge, pissing everyone off. And then the Caps are like, no, no, we're done with this. You lose game five by a lot. They still got outshot. Which is wacky, but what, really, at the end of the day, here's my thing. with It was it. only 30 to 28, but. Carolina outshooting Washington? Yeah. That's been their mantra since game one of the I know, right? Right. It's like. Here's my thing. At the end of the day, 
as good as the Hurricanes have played, one team has Nicholas Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin. The other does not. No. They have Sebastian Ajo. Can Ajo be that kind of player? Yes. Just not yet. But can he be two of them? No. Not possible. Just let Warren Fogle run rampant (laughs) for 60 minutes and just see what happens. I mean, not a bad idea. Sure. But I think Washington's mad right now. They just lost TJ Oshie. They just put down the Hurricanes in Game 5 and remembered, oh, hey, we're the defending Stanley Cup champions. We've had enough of this. So we've got these four series alive still. So we're going to quick pick them. Game 7, Vegas, San Jose. Frank, I already know your answer. Yeah. You're going to stick with your guns. Yeah. San Jose. I'm going to pick Vegas. I think that they should be, then again, I had them as the Western Conference Final against Winnipeg. So I'm going to stick with my guns there. I'm going with Vegas. What a ridiculous game last night, by the way. I know. We're two overtimes deep, and San Jose has still not hit 30 shots. Meanwhile, Vegas is up to 60 almost. And Martin Jones, who has been a liability. 57 saves. 57 saves. Tomas Hurdle, the first shot of the second overtime. Beats Flurry. Shorthanded. Shorthanded. Shorty. After predicting they would bring Game 7 back to San Jose, which obviously, of course, you're asked that question. Yes, I have confidence in my team, but that's the man who was interviewed after the Game 5 win. We're bringing this back to San Jose. He scores the overtime shorthanded game-winning goal. Yep. So, yeah, I think it's. I think Vegas wins it. I. They've just overall been the better team. San Jose has more talent, but Vegas has been a better team. And I can trust Marc-Andre Fleury a hell of a lot more than Martin Jones, despite what just happened. Martin Jones is going to need to put on that kind of performance again Martin Jones for is going San Jose to, to win. Martin Jones is going to need to tap into the guy he was for their Stanley Cup run. And guess what? This year, hasn't done that. Washington, Carolina. Caps up three games to two. I'm going to take Washington here. I'll bite. I'll say it goes seven, but I'll I'll say Washington prevails, but I'll I'll have Carolina force. I think I think Washington can close it out in game six here. I think the I think we're going seven. I can I can see it, but I think we're gonna go to game seven. All right. So our picks are more of game six or game seven, right. and I'm the one deviating from the two of you. Yeah. Dallas, Nashville. I think the stars win seven. It's not it's not pretty because it's stars. But I also think Nashville takes a game and then breaks everyone's hearts in Nashville. That's more on brand for the Predators. The Stars win in seven. I think Dallas wins game six. I don't have much brand to stay on these days with these picks, but I have to go (laughs) Nashville in seven. I think they change the tide a little bit. Eat a little kick in the ass. Well, they got it. I need it. something to live for these days. It's not the Islanders. Okay. Yeah. All so. right. True. All right. So then I'm saving Toronto and Boston for last. Is that the That's last the last one? one. Okay. We did go through all three of them, and we did. So here it is. I'm saving Toronto and Boston for last. Who wins game seven? 
which city goes into a panic. The Leafs fans for losing another Game 7 to Boston, or Bruins fans because Boston is a bunch of entitled punks. I think it's the Bruins who win. All right. We're looking up north. He's picking the Leafs. I've got Toronto. And I'm going to stick with the thing that I've said about Boston and the reason they win this series, and that's because of the fact that we don't get to have nice things. Also, Tampa's out of the question, the team that ran them out of the woodshed last year, which means that Boston could be in the Eastern Conference Finals. We're not allowed to have nice things. And they would face Robin Leonard and the Islanders because Sabres fans absolutely need to have a conundrum as to who to cheer for. For the Eastern Conference Finals, we can't have nice things. Do you get where I'm going? Because then on the other side, Ryan O'Reilly's in the Western Conference Finals. We can't have nice things. And, oh, San Jose keeps driving our other pick down further and further in the draft. San Jose is in the Conference Finals. We can't have nice things. Also Evander Kane. And Evander Kane. See? It's the perfect doomsday scenario. The Bruins and everyone else. Who am I cheering for still? Not the Bruins. But I'm picking them. Because we can't have nice things. I am for Toronto in this. This kid has seen some dark, yeah. dark, dark corners Never of the sports realm. Never love anything. Because Boston is just going to take it. Because they have Tom Brady, and they have the Red Sox, and they've even got the Celtics being good. And, oh, hey, Patrice Bergeron. Why does it always have to be Bergeron? Oh, and that rat-faced punk in Brad Marchand. And that goofy-looking 6'9 Zedano Charo, who has not fallen off a cliff somehow in his play, despite being in his late 30s. 42. He's 42? Yeah, he's 42. He's yeah. he's in his 40s? Yeah. <laughs> he's freshly 42, maybe a month or so ago. Oh, my God. That makes it so much worse. Yeah, you were being very kind. <laughs> yes, I was. <laughs> 30. Because I don't want 6'9", goony-faced-looking Sedano Char to punch me in the face. <laughs> maybe that's why I'm being nice to him. Don't punch me in the face. Even though I drew some antagonizing words for Brad Marchand, who's heard far worse, obviously. But anyway, we can't have nice things. Boston wins it in seven. Even though I'm going to say it, I am cheering for the Maple Leafs. Yes, that's right. My disdain for Boston goes far past my hatred of the Leafs. Not just the Bruins, all of their teams. You can mainly blame Tom Brady, but also, who was the last team to win the MLB in the World Series? Boston. Who was the last team to win the NFL? New England with Boston. Who's got a team that's got Kyrie Irving, Gordon Hayward, and Coach Brad Stevens? Oh, right, Boston. Who's going to be so insufferable if they win and go four for four? And we need to just turn it into a crater. Boston. On that note, we need to get away from this topic. 
We need to get away from this topic. We need to get away from this topic. Because I hate everything. Really, really badly. Yeah. Look, I'm going to go ahead and steal Palpatine's little Death Star over there from the Patriots, and I'm going to use it to detonate Boston if they go 4 for 4 I would need to make sure the Death Star Ray is at, like, minimum power because last thing I want to do is accidentally blow up the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to end sports misery with a Death Star. I'm not trying to destroy everyone. But then somehow it gets taken from me because Boston. I don't think Boston would be the reason it gets taken from you. Right. It's probably my inability to steal a Death Star or the fact that it doesn't exist. You don't know that. In this planetary realm, universe, Milky Way, galaxy. It isn't a galaxy far, far away. So it could exist, just not here. Because we're far, far away from it. And yeah, they can travel at light speed or whatever. Like, I'll do baseball. All right. On that segue. Stupid good, Boston! Hey, the good news for you is none of my MLB three ups and downs involve Boston. Why couldn't they be part of the downs? Is it because they're good again? Please tell me they're not being they good They did again. just sweep the Rays. No, up number one. Cool story out of the New York. Pete Alonzo. Setting the world on fire as a rookie first baseman for the New York Mets. Eight homers, 19 RBI. The legend of Pete Alonzo? The legend of Pete Alonzo continues to grow. He got injured over the weekend, I believe Friday or Saturday. Took a pitch up high and was going to be out of the lineup on Easter. But he saw they were playing the Cardinals in a weekend series. He saw that starting pitcher Dakota Hudson was on the mound for St. Louis. The story goes that Alonzo and Hudson face each other in college in the SEC. Alonzo played for the Gators, and Hudson pitched for Mississippi State. And Alonzo went 0-4 for 4 in his college career against Dakota Hudson and wanted revenge in the majors. So he was Jeez. texting manager Mickey Calloway all of Saturday night saying, yo, get me in the lineup, come on, I hate this guy, I hate this guy. I, I, he got me in college, I want to get him back. Mickey Calloway puts him in the lineup on Sunday. What does Pete Alonzo do against Dakota Hudson? A 444-foot Home run to dead central. Yard. Pretty cool story. Pete Alonzo. Fun. So Pete Alonzo's giving me hope that I can crush Boston under my foot. Sort of. Through St. Louis and through the SEC. But, yeah. Good. Good. (laughs) Never give up on your dreams because apparently you can face them again and destroy them utterly and immensely by going yard on them. There you go. Mets won that ballgame, too. Up number two, Ramon Laureano, outfielder for the Oakland Athletics, has an arm from God. Yeah, go watch. You got to careful watch some, because that's Josh Allen and/or Patrick Mahomes. You got to watch some highlights of Ramon Laureano in the outfield. He started maybe the wildest double play I've ever seen. Yesterday, he goes up in the center field, over the center field fence yesterday in Oakland. Robs a home run with a runner on first base. The runner on first base from Toronto, I believe it was Justin Smoke, rounds all the way around second base, thinking the ball's over the fence. Oh, no. Laureano's no. got it. Laureano oh, no. takes a crow hop from the warning track, no. fires this baseball on the fly <laughs> over first base. Over first base, <laughs> well on the fly. Oakland catcher Josh Fegley is there to corral the loose ball. 
Justin Smoke had retreated to first base in the in, in wake of this very oh, deep throw. Oh, and then it goes past, and he thought he was in the clear, didn't he? He thought he was in the clear. Smoke tries to advance to second. <laughs> Fegley's there for backup, throws him out by 20 feet. Two outs. Wow. There is so much, so much to going on there. Yeah. Also, for Justin Smoke, there is so much running. So much running. I no, no wonder you got thrown out. There's so much running going on there. <laughs> hey, we got a home run. Oh crap! <laughs> but yes, I gotta get the first. Oh crap! You overthrew it. I'm going back to. Oh crap! <laughs> he got on the map last year by robbing a home run. Ironically, almost robbing a home run. He caught a ball deep in the track in L.A. playing the Angels last year. Threw a ball on the fly back to first base, a double off runner, in similar fashion. My God, I've never seen an arm like it. It's crazy. 300, 350 feet in the air. Like, holy cow. It takes a man. Up number three, Cody Bellinger of the L.A. Dodgers. Off to probably the second hottest start in the National League, save Christian Yelich. They squared off over the weekend. Highly touted series, a lot of homers from both sides. Cody Bellinger robbed Christian Yelich of his 14th home run yesterday and later in the game hit the go-ahead home run for the Dodgers in the ninth inning off noted tough left-hander Josh Hader out of the Milwaukee bullpen. Cody Bellinger goes deep on an 0-2 pitch from Hader for the first hit allowed by the left-hander on the season. Turns out to be a go-ahead homer. Cody Bellinger's 11th. Dodgers win 6-5. Nice. A lot of cool Christian stuff on Christian Yelich has 13 home runs. Christian Yelich has 13 home runs. The, it's not even May. That's my next point. If I had an up number four, a minor one. The Major League Baseball record for home runs between March and April of a season is 14 by Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez. They share the record. Christian Yelich has 13, almost at a 14th yesterday. Do you know how many days are still left before we reach May? There's an entire week. There's an entire week. For him to hit two and set a new Major League record. Yeah. Do it. There you go. Do it. Do it. There you go. It's fun. Come on. Don't. No Boston. It's okay. Fun. Yes. There you go. Go yard. All right. That's always fun. <laughs> the downs the downs are not as fun. They're not they're not not as exciting. Why don't we start with those first? Yeah. All right, well we'll learn from we'll learn from this moment. <laughs> we learn. Cuz we're ending uh, we're ending your baseball segment here on a down note. We'll learn we'll <laughs> learn from this moment. Jesus Aguilar, also from the Brewers, 9 for 66 to start his season. Ugh. That is a 136 average. He has not left the ballpark, 5 RBI. And this is coming off a very promising 35 homer breakout all-star season last year for the brewers yes they got some problems at first base that they didn't think they would have so not a good start for jesus i bought high end woman fantasy and i'm paying for it thank god for pete alonso though there you go Woo! (laughs) (laughs) down number two the uh yankees training staff just oh man they're just busy come on Uh... they're busy Come on, as if it wasn't bad enough, Aaron Judge is going to join the laundry list of injured pinstripers with a significant oblique strain. Do they have a major league team right now, or is it just like the Rail Riders? No, it's basically the Rail Riders. That's that's the next part of down number two. Yesterday's lineup against the Royals included just two of their opening day starters. (laughs) Opening day was less than a month ago. And the two starters were Brett Gardner and Luke Voigt. Uh, uh. And Duhar gone. Torres was healthy, but was off the bench. Stanton. Judge. <sighs> Gary Sanchez. Aaron Hicks. 
It's like all that money only got you a bunch of injuries. Aha. Yeah, tough times. They won the game, though. They're yeah. they're going to have to be scrappy. Well, good. Yeah. It's about time they <laughs> have to be scrappy. Uh, down number three, I think we can all add a little bit of input on because it affects us around here in Buffalo. Flag Guerrero Jr., what are we doing? There's like there's conflicting reports now about when he's going to make his debut. I understand you want to do it for the fans. There was reports as recent as the weekend that hey, it could be tomorrow, Tuesday. They host the Giants, bring him up in front of the fans. Great. We're like a week past the, the service time threshold though. And well, I, I was asking Pat Malacaro during a Bison's game last week, like, what are they waiting to see from Vlad in terms of his development? Oh, they're waiting to see how he can handle playing the field two, three games in a row. They're waiting to see how he his nutrition and his diet is looking. He's dropped 10 pounds in spring training. He went from 250 to 240. He's been DHing, playing some third base for Buffalo. Isn't that a good thing? It's a good thing. Right. That's, that's, that's why I was confused. And, you know, at this point, it just kind of irks me as a fan. Like, now you're just robbing a young potential generational star of the start of their career. Like, baseball holds Harold a lot of their major league records and longstanding stats. And now this guy could be on, this guy could have been ready last year. Now, here's the thing that's interesting about all that. They're waiting to see all these things, but it keeps raining in Buffalo because spring is the worst. Not only that. So he's not playing. He's right. not playing games right now. You can't call him up if he's not playing games. Right. You can't do that. And the other confusion. Because, again, spring sucks Boston hate it all somehow just came full circle it all just came full circle the other thing I mentioned to a couple of guys around here though was the other confusing part and I get it like you want to see just the full the full body of work but can't see no work if there's no games not only that what is Toronto what is Toronto's home playing service Dome. It's turf. Oh, it's right. Turf. That too. Yeah. Right. So, in the back of my head, as a former player, and you know, just overall, I mean, it's great that you can see Vlad and the Toronto higher ups can say, okay, we can put a stamp on the fact that he just played the field for three straight days. There was good weather. He looks to be in good condition, and he was fine at third base. That's great. Grass, dirt, plays completely different. Yeah. than what he's going to be doing for 81 games a year anyway. Save yeah. that plus half of your schedule against an AL East foe. You're playing almost 90 games on turf anyway. That's half of the season in Toronto and whenever they go to Tropicana. Another thing to think about. I think we're just delaying the inevitable, and it's really kind of starting to irk me. Like, great for Buffalo. Go watch them while you can, but you're talking about a guy's livelihood. And few players – We're talking about the fact – Few players come around with the, with the, with the, with the tools – that Vlad possesses. We're talking about the fact too that he's one. He's your best player in the system. He's shown that he's ready. The Is, fans does need he something your, to cheer for this year. D- does he make your team better? Yes. Then play him. It. That's the frustrating. After part. that, after that, you work around it. You work around whatever needs to be worked on. Like, the service time thing is whatever. We dealt with it for four years. It goes back to Chris Bryant's debut with Chicago. We saw the same thing with Ronald Acuna when he made his debut in Atlanta. A few weeks here or there, fine. I can, I can deal with that. But we're past that, and now I think the I nitpicky re- things are just really holding back a guy who has been ready for more than a year anyway. Yeah. I remember with Chris Bryant, it, before his rookie year, it it was he got sent down, and it was it was all just – I want that seventh year. Yeah, that's all he. That's all the the organization wanted. 
Yeah. Because as soon but as that was, date hit on the calendar, there he was. And you want to yeah. know the worst part about all of this now with the stupid rain? That was your last chance to see Vladimir Guerrero. Yep. They're on the road all week. Yeah. And if it takes another week for Vlad to get called up, well, then next week, Monday, you better go to the doubleheader if he's still here because you're not getting him for much longer. You'd think and you'd hope. Well, we're trying to be logical despite making fun of literally everyone today. So, yeah, no, this, like, spring, still the worst. Still saying it. I'm still going to say it. Yes, baseball sp- starts in the spring, but spring is the worst. Sorry. <laughs> to anyone that likes spring, I don't know why. Because spring is like 14 days of good weather and the rest of it's rain. That's what spring is. Spring is garbage. Falls elite. You know winter's bad, so you deal with it properly. And then summer is summer. That's how it goes. I can't argue with you there. No. Good. We're going. By the way, I've noticed something. A little bit of a trend. Ever since we've got a third person, well, we have been going far past the usual hour to record. So I hope you all are enjoying more leftovers as you should. That's got me thinking about the Thanksgiving Day game, which I high-key hate that the Bills are playing on Thanksgiving. What? Why? You don't need Bill stress on your Thanksgiving Day. Oh, my God. That is so much bad. There's finally some prime time in your life, and it's no, not the prime not, time you not, wanted. That is not prime time. That is not prime time. It's prime time. You I shut watch. the hell up. What oh, time man. does it start at? What time does it start at? Four? Yeah. Four thirty. That's not That prime. is called an afternoon game. What prime. channel is it on? Fox. Which is not ESPN. Or NBC. Or NBC. So you're, and it's not in prime time. The Bills still have zero night games. And anyone telling me that it is a prime time game is lying, just like how they think that spring is good. You seem exhausted by me already being aggressive by Look, this. By the definition of the word, yes, it's not prime time. But then it's what not are prime the, time. what are people doing at that time? They're eating! Where are they? Nobody eating? likes watching the Cowboys. <laughs> then I can't. Everyone I hate can't. watches them. Look, I can't help you then. <laughs> I am eating. I'll be watching. I'm not watching the Cowboys. I'll I hate watching. the Cowboys. I do too. It's football on Thanksgiving. I watch. Guess what though? What? 4:30 is generally around the time where normal people eat food for Thanksgiving. Or are just finishing. Or are just finishing and they're food combing and they're sleeping. Because for some reason on Thanksgiving, we like to eat dinner at 2. I cannot be happier that we eat at the hour we eat. 2 o'clock is... Oh. <laughs> Give me all that. Usually, here's what I'd my rather thing. Start here's, for, I'd rather start dinner. Hours, here's, here's what no. happens with me, though. Ready? Usually, 2 o'clock, normal time for that. I go to two dinners. First one starts around the Lions game. And you food coma, and you sleep through Dallas. 
because to hell with the Cowboys. Because <laughs> you're pissed if you see them win. And if you're like half awake, like, oh my God, I shouldn't eat that much, but I'm going to eat again. <laughs> and then you see like the Panthers stomping on their ass or the Chargers beating them down on Thanksgiving. You're like, eh. <laughs> but no, now I actually got a bank on my team beating them right now to probably keep playoff hopes alive. You wouldn't bank on that? I can't bank on that. First off, it's the Bills. This is true. It is the Bills. Second off, it's the Cowboys. We can't have nice things. (laughs) And third off, the last thing I need is for family dinner to now get tainted by... Ah, crap. Grandpa just threw the friggin' TV because the Bills lost because Josh Allen got picked. But don't worry, none of us would have to see that happen. It's the because I'm more the Bills being, are playing. I'm more being facetious about the fact that I have to work. I am pretty pissed that I'm not going to be able to eat Thanksgiving food fresh. And that sucks. But I'm not going to pretend that I'm the only one having this problem. Like, there are people that work other jobs that have to work Thanksgiving. That's just, that's just reality. You have seven months to cope, so. I have seven months to cope with the fact that the Bills are going to ruin my Thanksgiving and probably everyone's mood that day if they friggin' lose. No pressure, Bills. You're just going to piss off a city on what is the best holiday in the world. I don't think I'll be able to work with you for the next seven months then if this is already a worry of yours. Consider this. These are my feelings, and they're not popular. They're not popular even amongst the station. I've only heard one other person have a problem with him, and that's Howard. Because he has to work on Thanksgiving. Here's what's going to have to happen. I'm going to have to have food with me. Like full, We're going to have to – I'm going to food coma probably at work. <laughs> Fine. The post-game update's going to sound like, I played the Cowboys earlier this afternoon, and – uh no, it's gonna it's gonna start with Derek like. <laughs> <laughs> you just it's, hear sports update. Sports <sighs> update. Oh my god! <laughs> it ain't that much. <laughs> gonna bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Bills lost. <laughs> the Bills lost. <laughs> so yes, working me with me on that day might get interesting. Thank you for listening. Speaking of Thanksgiving, thank you for listening to the Leftovers <laughs> podcast here on WGR550.com. Derek Kramer. Break up, Curry. <laughs> Jesus. And you Kyle are not Powell. Jesus. <laughs> You're not Jesus. <laughs> thank you for listening to our normal stupidity. We're back a day earlier this week on Wednesday. Be ready for more, Kyle. And, uh, hey. I may be bitching about Thanksgiving right now, but our Christmas is coming.
Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network.